Hello, Baker McKenzie welcomes you to Connect on Tech, a global podcast series covering legal developments on data, technology, privacy, and security that impact your business. Here's your host, Brian Hengisbaugh, Global Chair of Privacy and Security. Today on Connect on Tech, we're very fortunate to be joined by Michaela Nabel, who is a partner in our Frankfurt office, who focuses on all things privacy, data protection, uh, and related issues. Michaela, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you very much for having me. Great to have you. So in this podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, the guidelines under the European Union's General Data Protection Regulation on the territorial scope of application of GDPR. This would be where GDPR reaches out and regulates entities outside Europe um, under the GDPR rules. And uh, it's an opinion that's come out from the European Data Protection Board. But maybe just to start to level set with everybody, what is the European Data Protection Board and, and what's its role? So the European Data Protection Board is a body of the EU with legal personality. It's independent when performing tasks and powers, and it is composed of representatives from the supervisory authorities of each member state and the European Data Protection Supervisor. Its role is to ensure a consistent application and interpretation of the GDPR among the EU. And one of its tasks is to issue guidelines in order to encourage the consistent application of the GDPR. Very nice. Okay, so some people may remember the uh, Article 29 Working Party of Data Protection Authorities under the directive. This is in in some rough way a, a reincarnation of that body to give opinions and advice. Do you think that's fair? Roughly said, yes, that's fair. Roughly said. From an American perspective, that's how we'd summarize it, <laughs> but there's more detail to it. Anyway, uh, but okay, within within territorial scope, what are the, the basic rules? And again, this would be, say, for a, a U.S. company or a Brazilian company or some company outside of Europe that might be doing business with individuals or might have individuals visiting their their web or mobile app or other properties online. So what are the basic rules about how territorial scope um, is set up under the GDPR? In a nutshell, companies located outside of the EU are directly subject to the GDPR if they process personal data in the context of activities of an establishment in the EU, if they offer goods or services to data subjects in the EU, or if they monitor the behavior of data subjects located in the EU. Got it. Very good. Yeah, so that first one, they're established, that, that would be where the company is actually in, in Europe, um, in, in, uh, in, say, a continental European country. And then the second two would be offering goods or services or, or monitoring. So in the, um, in the opinion, and of course, this is a very important topic for many companies because of how strict the GDPR rules are, you know, the penalties up to 4% of annual worldwide turnover for noncompliance, very strict, a lot of, a lot of challenges with doing compliance. But in this opinion from uh, the European Data Protection Board on territorial reach, what are some of the key points? And in particular, was there anything in the opinion that surprised you? One of the key points was um, that the guidelines contain guidance on the various criteria. Um, so, for example, for the criterion establishment, which is relevant in order to determine whether the GDPR applies to a company outside of the EU or not. So, for example, the EDPB confirms that establishment requires a degree of stable arrangement and the effective exercise of activities in the EU. So, for example, the stable arrangement criterion could be fulfilled by a single employee. However, the mere fact that an employee resides in the EU and works for a 
non-EU company does not automatically result in an establishment, as there must also be a processing activity in the EU. Also, a website in the EU is not by itself sufficient to create an establishment, and processes located within the EU are not considered an establishment of a non-EU controller um, under Article 3, Paragraph 1, which is quite relevant for companies outside of the EU that engage a processor in the EU. And what was surprising um, is that the guidelines contain um, particular statements on processors not established in the Union. So the guidelines state that to determine whether a processor located outside of the EU is subject to the GDPR, it is necessary to determine whether the processing by the processor is related to the targeting activities of a controller outside of the EU. And this basically requires to analyze the connection between the processing carried out by the processor and the targeting activity undertaken by the controller. Thus, according to the European Data Protection Board, if a processor is instructed to carry out processing activities of a controller outside of the EU relating to the offering of goods or services or the monitoring of behavior of individuals in the EU, the processor will be subject to the GDPR for that processing activity, although it's ultimately the controller that is offering the goods or services or does the monitoring and not the processor. As per usual with, with European data protection issues, I, I heard good news and bad news in, in that. So I heard good news in that it sounds like if I'm a controller, say in the US, who's using a processor in, in Europe to do some function for me, the mere fact that I'm using a processor in Europe should not mean that I, as a controller, am directly subject to GDPR just because I'm using a processor in Europe. That's the good news, right? The bad news, what I heard was that if I'm a processor in the U.S. and I otherwise don't think I'm, you know, involved in offering goods or services myself or in Europe or uh, monitoring behavior in a way that would directly bring me into territorial scope, if my controller customer is subject to GDPR, I might sort of inadvertently myself become directly subject to GDPR. Is that what I heard? Yeah, the guidelines could be understood in that way um, that the that it appears that the European Data Protection Board wants to apply the GDPR in a case like that. That's reminiscent of when in the U.S. they came out with the high tech rules amending HIPAA, and um, suddenly business associates were direct, which is the rough equivalent of data processor, were directly subject to um, certain HIPAA high tech rules around data security, breach notification, etc. Um, and it turned out. You could be an inadvertent business associate if you were processing um, protected health information on behalf of a covered entity. You could be directly subject to HIPAA high tech in a way that you might not expect. So the providers in that context undertook to try to establish in terms with all their customers, you know, special rules and restrictions around don't put protected health information in this application without coming and talking to us. And we've got a separate schedule and and work stream for that. So in terms of practical recommendations for companies, would you say that would be one, if you're a processor, is be more careful about letting your customers put uh, GDPR regulated data in your applications? What I would recommend for, for practi- as a practical tip is of, uh, in particular um, to analyze um, in particular um, whether the individual processing activity is subject to the, to the GDPR 
This is what the European Data Protection Board states several times, um, that a controller or processor may be subject to the GDPR in relation to some processing activities, but not in relation to other processing activities. Yep, yep. And then maybe try to uh, aggressively police your customer base to try to avoid situations where you you otherwise might be pulled in um, to direct direct responsibility under GDPR, but basically making sure you're only contracting with customers who are are not going to bring you in then, or or I suppose create a different product or a different work stream um, so that the the activity that would be directly subject to GDPR, um, you know, could be protected accordingly. I mean, what do you think? So if I'm a, this is a tough question, but I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there anyway and see, see if you have a thought on it. What do you think the difference is? Why is it important for a processor to know if the processor is directly subject to GDPR? Because presumably, if the customer, the controller is subject to GDPR, it'll already be pushing down good Article 28 terms, maybe cross-border transfer terms, other things. Why does it matter to the processor as to whether, or does it matter to the processor whether they are actually um, directly subject to GDPR or not? Yes, it does matter um, because the GDPR provides some um, rules that are directly applicable, like some obligations apply to a processor than directly. Otherwise, if just the controller is subject to the GDPR and the processor is not, then the processor is usually just um, contractually bound um, by an agreement. And it's a difference whether I'm bound um, by an agreement or by by the by the regulation itself. Got it. So there's threads of the regulation, maybe the penalty structure, for example, that might be directly applicable to me as a processor, or maybe there's other formalities that I think you're referencing in terms, do I have to appoint a legal representative in the somewhere in Europe or other formalities? So there's more that comes with being directly subject to GDPR. Yes. Perfect. Michaela Nebel, partner in our Frankfurt office, uh, a star on privacy and data protection. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for our next podcast when we connect on tech. For more information on data and technology, subscribe to our blog at connectontech.com or visit our website at bakermckenzie.com.